Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. This is Eric J. Olson. I am your host for this episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. On the Managing Partners Podcast, we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to run their firms and to keep their case pipeline full. And today with me, I have Bob DeRose. Hey, Bob. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Thanks for having me this morning. I appreciate you making the time. It's first thing in the morning, too, for us, huh? It is. It is. Nice, snowy, cold morning. I, I got the cold, not so much snow anymore, but we, well, we, we have them both it. here in Columbus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, let me, let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Bob DeRose is the managing partner at Barkin Mylesh DeRose Cox LLP. His practice consists of wage and hour slash overtime issues, employment issues, and complex litigation. Bob is also the former president of the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group, served as the former president of the Ohio Association for Justice, and is a member of the American Association for Justice. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Eric. You got it. Very impressive bio. Uh, you've definitely served in, in a lot of different capacities outside of just your firm. Has that always kind of been part of the career path? Yes, it thing? has. I uh, I enjoy being in leadership roles. I you know and I and I really enjoy you know this is I've enjoyed being in leadership roles in organizations and then of late being the managing partner of a great group of lawyers here at our firm. How long have you been the managing partner for? Uh, since 2018. Okay, cool. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the firm, please. Sure. Uh, as you said, my name is Bob DeRose. I uh, originally from Southwest Pennsylvania, grew up uh, immigrant parents. My uh, father was a steel worker for 43 years. It's sort of how I put myself through college and went to the University of Dayton and stayed in Ohio after law school and stayed in Ohio after that and focused my practice on representing employees. It started off representing them in workers' compensation cases, then noticed that physically being injured wasn't the only way they were getting hurt, saw that there was a a lot of wage problems and how they were yeah. getting paid and uh, sort of diverted my personal practice to wage and hour cases, although our firm has uh, continues to do workers' compensation claims well. The firm's been in a continuous existence since 1957. I'm just the last of a long line of managing partners. We have been an employee side, uh, personal injury, workers' comp, wage and hour, social security disability practice here in central Ohio. My practice is national. We represent clients around the country, but uh, the rest of my partners, our practice tends to focus within the borders of Ohio. Wow. 65 years. That's that's, that's quite a tenure for a, a company. That's very impressive. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's sort of special, especially on the plaintiff side. Plaintiff side, uh, law firms don't tend to have as much legacy as some of the defense firms and more traditional uh, commercial employer side firms. Yeah. How, how did you go about getting into this particular practice and not, not, not the firm, but like this practice area? So, like I said, I, I came out of law school wanting to, to do workers' compensation, employment work, uh, just given my background. My dad was in a union for 40 some years and, and that, that was always been what I wanted to get into. 
And just like every other probably lawyer listening to this uh, broadcast, your, your practice and your clients sort of dictate the path in which you yeah. go. You might have an idea where you want to start, but where you end up is can be a, a pretty decent, a pretty fun uh, uh, journey. But like I said, I did workers' compensation, tried workers' compensation cases, and more and more we were working on the wages, started to identify that there were problems in how our clients were getting paid. And, you know, one case led to another. And then finally, I really decided that this is what I like to do. I really like doing the wage an hour, overtime, minimum wage of in, uh, when an employer misclassifies an employee. And it's, it's a lot of fun work. It got become really complex litigation, which I enjoy. Seems like a lot of the managing partners that we interview for this podcast, they, uh, they, they they take different routes to the niche that they're in now, the specialization. Some of them start general and then very quickly, you know, niche down. Others, they like you said, they, they have kind of a sense of the area they want to go into. And still others, um, they'll, they'll hop occasionally, right? Maybe maybe one or two or three times in their career. But it, it definitely seems like the successful ones that we've interviewed here all focus in and specialize versus being kind of like generalists. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you uh, you have to be able. That's I think that's one of the things you need as a managing partner is to be able to take in a whole bunch of information and, and and sort of stay to the plan or at least a semblance of the plan you started with. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, hey, so one of the things that we're always interested in here at, at Array Digital, but we're a digital marketing industry. We're with law firms, and we still so we talk about marketing a lot here. But uh, what, what are some of the different ways you get clients? So one of the, the way we look at it, we have three buckets. We have doing well for our clients and have our clients refer to us. Getting out information to our colleagues, given that we do some specialized work, out to our colleagues that, hey, we're, we're pretty good at what we do here and we'll take care of your clients. So we get a lot of attorney referrals. Mm. And then the third is, is a rather large segmented bucket of, you know, we get clients from marketing digital marketing, you know, we do a lot of writing, we put a lot of seminars, uh, a lot of blogging and, and, and writing on topics out there. And, uh, and we have a man, we have a marketing director, her name's Mara Siegel, who's wonderful. And she, you know, she runs that part of the ship. And uh, so we, we, we look at it in terms of three different buckets. Nice. No, that's great. Yeah. So, so you have uh, the, you know, referrals from, uh, from clients, you have referrals from other attorneys. And then you, and then, and then you have marketing in general. Uh, you got a lot of coverage. That's good. That's that. I like how you put that into buckets. I think that's the first time that I've kind of heard it referred to as like these three big segments. Usually, it's just referrals, generally speaking, and then other stuff. And yeah, uh, and I yeah, like we how went you to that yeah, we went to the bucket idea because each bucket comes with its challenges mm -hmm. and and rewards. And and so if you don't, at least the way we looked at it, if you didn't segregate them into buckets, you couldn't measure how good you're doing on your marketing in any one particular area. If you get too much where you have to, to spend on marketing and you're not getting other attorneys referring or your clients not referring, well, you may be good at marketing, but yeah. maybe you're not servicing the clients and that's why you're not getting it. And then if you just rely on attorney referrals, well, that may have a, a cost you don't pay towards the end, but you know you need to have referrals that don't have a, a, a co-counsel fee or things like that. And so we broke it down to the buckets so that we can ma uh, manage or, or monitor how we're doing in terms of our intakes. That's really smart. So speaking of the buckets and, uh, you know, one thing working well or not, what, what is one thing that is working particularly well right now in your marketing? 
in our marketing, I would say everything has to be content driven. I mean, you can you can spend a lot of money on on marketing, but if you're not adding content, if you're not adding something new, if you're not uh, writing about yeah. uh, topical issues, because everybody has a website these days, everybody uh, is is playing for click ads, everybody's paying for you know the what I call the easy marketing, mm-hmm. where you just write a check and hopefully somebody does well for you or they don't do well for yeah, you. You're right. You're right. You know? yeah. But I think where you start to separate yourself is when you start to put your own elbow grease in. I found that I started a blog called The Paycheck Warrior. And, you know, I put stuff out and then I have my other partners write. I'm the only one who's willing to have a catchy name. All the rest of them are a little more serious about, I guess, but, uh, but we have to do content. That's the critical part. You, you have to be engaged in your own marketing. You know, I, I think that like what you talked about in the very beginning of that answer was spot on. Uh, I, I think a lot of times business people, business owners, uh, whether they're a law firm or not, will opt for the easy solution, which is write a check. Now, you may not have the funds for it, right? You may It may be difficult, but it's a lot easier to write a check than it is to put in the elbow grease like you talked about and, you know, roll up your sleeves and write an article and have your name attached to it. Like a lot of people are, you know, they're hesitant to attach their name to anything that has to do with marketing, but it makes a huge, huge difference. So if you have, and I'm with you 100%, if you have a piece of content on your website that people are looking for, and it's authored to you as the attorney, Google will show that to prospective clients and it makes a huge difference. So uh, it's very valuable, but it also takes time, usually billable time and energy, (laughs) which usually means you don't really want to sacrifice the billable time, right? So you may be doing it like, you know, nights, weekends, a little bit here, a little bit, you know, squeeze it an hour during the, the business day during your lunch and then finish it at night. Yeah, but it's worth right. it. Yeah, it is. And and also, I, and I will say that, that I make it sound easier than it was. I mean, one of the things about challenges about lawyers in particular is that we tend to write in a certain fashion. We, are, we aren't educated on how to write content where we're, where we are, we write persuasively, we write for judges, we write, and those don't easily translate to, to content in the digital space and in marketing. And so I will say that that is also a challenge that a lot of people face. I know I faced it and had to sort of fight through it and, yep. and with a lot of coaching and uh, pushback from Mara, our marketing director on, you know, this isn't a brief, this is content. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, but like that, another great observation because what we have found is uh, when we write content for uh, SEO purposes in particular. It's, it's for a human to read, but it's also for Google to use. Uh, we have tools where we are targeting keywords, we're targeting your competitors, we're targeting your geographic market, and it'll give us a grade. It'll say, is this piece of content an F or an A++ based on the goals you want to achieve from SEO? And we will, <laughs> it's happened on more than one occasion where we will write a piece, it'll be an A++, but of course our clients, uh, attorneys want to review it. And, and they'll chop it up and then we'll take theirs and which, which just seems like normal kind of edits, but it's the edits that they want to make. So that it's, you know, perfect. And we'll put it back in the tool and it goes from an A plus plus to an F. And so, we'll, yeah, we, we've had, we've had to coach 
uh, just like your marketing director has done with you, coach uh, our clients that, hey, if you're going to make changes, you need to do it in this tool and you need to retain the A++. Otherwise, you're paying us to do SEO and you're, you're, you're shooting us in the foot now, right? Right. Yeah. No, I, I once heard it uh, described to me that what you, what you submitted was great, but it's about the equivalent of a PDF just sitting on the internet because it's not going to do anything for you. It might read real well. Somebody might think that, Hey, you're pretty smart, but it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. I mean, it could be persuasive if the uh, ideal prospective client gets a hold of it, like definitely. And, and I think that there's a lot of value in that too. Right. So I like for our clients, we say definitely continue to write, but don't think that that replaces SEO content, right? Usually Correct. you need both. Or in your case, if you know, it, uh, it, it could it could do both, but it requires that extra training and whatnot and adjustments. So yeah, and point. what I've found is it's a different audience. I mean, you know, when you're writing as a lawyer, you're somebody is going to sit down to what you've written and is going to set aside an hour or two to to take a look and, and see if you're persuasive. When, when you're writing for content, you have to realize that the, the person there is, is, is browsing. Maybe they don't have an issue yet. They're just browsing. Does it catch their attention? Yeah. Or if they have an issue, they want to get to, they need their questions answered. They don't need a long intro. They, they need to be informed. They need to, to, it needs to be credible. It needs to be reliable. And, but it's got to get to the point. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, we have a, a personal injury law firm as a client and uh, his philosophy is when it comes to um, marketing in general get people's attention especially the more the more of a broadcast kind of advertising it is you just got to get people's attention so they remember your name and then when they have a need and they search for you and you come up in the search results through organic or through paid ads they'll recognize your name come to your website and then on the website is business from there no more like catchy jingles and all that stuff. It's let's get down to business and give them short hits so that they they have some information and they can come back to you to get the full answer later once they're, you know, clients. Right. And that's why I, I refer to that third bucket as a segmented bucket, because there is the there is the value for for na branding, name recognition, for remembering the the name of Bark and Meislish, DeRose and Cox. Well, nobody remembers the last two. It's always Bark and Meislish. But then there's part where you educate once the person is trying to get a question answered. And that's that's really what we look at when we, when we say we write in that. And, and, and I think that it helps your branding. The branding is something over here, at least what I've come to learn. Branding is a little something over here, a different segment of that. Yeah, yeah. And the contents really wants, uh, they want, when they want to be informed, they want a question answered. And, mm. and then the branding helps remember who it was or it starts to make the link. But I see those two things as just different segments of that third bucket. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So you have a different view on, uh, on content, uh, the, the informational aspect of, of your marketing engine versus getting them to that content. Is that right? I mean, that's why my blog is a paycheck warrior. I mean, it's a little bit of a chuckle. Oh, that's, that's sort of a catchy yeah. name. But hopefully they'll go and they'll read the content and they'll be, yeah. oh, this answers my question. Then the branding part will hopefully remember, you know, because I'm not the only person that can answer that question. And the branding part helps you distinguish between which one answers your question that you'll remember or connect with. Interesting. I like that concept a lot. No, another valuable point there, Bob. No, that was very, very good. I, I, I do. I, I hadn't thought of it like that before, but you're right.
there is a separation there, even within marketing. Hmm. Well, hey, let's uh, uh, conversely uh, to to what's working <laughs> well. Conversely, what is something that used to work well for you, and maybe in the last year or two, you guys have kind of like stopped doing it. Doesn't work quite as well. I am, um, you know, I think getting to be a trite statement, but I think the pandemic and COVID has changed everything. And I think that I think you have to be into videos. I think you have to be yeah. into a, a a younger space in terms, at least for my practice, for the people who are working, the people who may have a problem with their wages, who will get hurt at work, or even in, in to some extent, the, the PI business, I think it's a younger market. I think used to have a demographic in our mind, pre-pandemic, that I don't think applies anymore. I think a lot of that demographic has either decided to stay out of the workplace or they're or they're sort of done. They were mm. retiring. They're like, you know what, I don't need to do this anymore. And so we've had to, I think for us, we've had to rethink who we're going after. And we've done more branding than the traditional advertising and the concept. I, I would say I learned the phrase branding through the uh, through the pandem- pandemic. You didn't have a brand. You know, uh, brand is something that out that cannot last your budget. Yeah. Advertising needs a budget every day. That animal eats every day. Branding, if you do it right, can build on itself and hopefully not cost your uh, your budget as much. But that that advertising animal has to be fed. It does. It's it's a switch, right? It's either on or off. And if it's on, you're paying. Whereas with branding, it's an investment. I also feel the same way about SEO. Uh, it's an investment. You put those pieces of content out there. You get the backlinks. They live for a long time. Um, if if you stop it, it'll degrade over time, and your competitors will continue. But but it does. It's not a switch, right? It's, right. It's, it's a gradual decline if you just stop feeding it. Whereas the brand, yeah, you have to feed it, of course, right? You have to make sure that it continues um, to to be out there. But but it's an investment. So uh, n- another good point. And I I read this book a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's called The Death of Advertising, and it was by an advertising executive, and and it it, it was uh, attention getting for me mm-hmm. as someone in the field. But his whole point was that uh, people are using advertising blockers. They're um they're just not paying attention on TV. If anyone even for anyone who still watches, uh, you know, linear TV like through a cable, which I I cut that cord many many years ago, um, and a commercial comes on, you're either flipping or you're getting up and going to the bathroom or something like that. People are not paying attention to ads like they used to. I will say though, there does seem it does seem like though when people search in Google for something, they have an intent and they pay a little closer attention to those ads. I would say rather than the broadcast ads that are out there for the general public to consume. But you're right, advertising generally is declining and marketing is increasing. Yeah, and I think the the, the way to get back to answering your, your question, I, I think about uh, the, my answer is a little more broad. I think people don't wanna be sold anymore. They wanna either be entertained or informed. And if you go into the advertising, with at least to my mind, with that sort of mindset that, that, uh, that it, it helps the brand and those who are actually looking for assistance, that's where the educational portion comes in. Yeah, uh, that's why I think it's changed about at least the way we structure our advertising using that word, you know, the way we thought about it before. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, entertained or informed, um, and it reminds me of uh, uh, the really good Super Bowl commercials. 
they're funny, right? They're entertaining. You remember them. You talk about them the next day. Uh, but if it's a boring commercial, you won't mention it to your friends afterwards. Uh, Dollar Shave Club. They came out with that video um, commercial years ago. It's entertaining. The guys walking through the warehouse. There's all these things happening, yet they're selling. But they can't just talk about shaving. That's boring, right? right? Make it entertaining first and foremost. You're asking, or informative. Great, great points. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, we're we're actually going a little bit long, so I, I've got other questions I'd love to ask you, but I want to I want to have I want to cut it off to respect your time. I appreciate you. Sure. Uh, really, really good discussion. If someone uh, would like to ask you other questions, or maybe they have a case for you, what is a good way for them to contact you? Well, they can get, uh, look on our website at uh, barkandmeislish.com, call 614-221-4221, or send me, the easiest way, probably just shoot me an email at uh, bdarose at barkandmeislish.com, and I'd be willing to to entertain and talk with anybody. Uh, I love doing this sort of uh, sharing of thoughts, so please uh, feel free, because I'll pick your brain when you call me, too. Uh, this was great. Thanks, Bob. All right, everybody. If you would like to check out more episodes like this, you can go to our website at arraylaw.com slash podcast. We have over 150 episodes and each is tagged by the applicable practice area and state. So you can really drill in and find what you're looking for. And if you're looking for digital marketing for your law firm, check out my firm, Array Digital at ArrayLaw.com. We specialize in websites, SEO, online advertising, and social media. All right, Bob. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. Have a good day. Same to you. 